Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello. Today I'm going to read two poems by the same author, and it's going to be one of those shorter episodes where I read the poems and I basically let them speak for themselves. If you want to hear them again, you could replay the episode. Both poems are by Stephen Dunn, an American poet who was a gateway poet for me into modern poetry. This book I'm holding of his new and selected poems is one of the books I've had for the longest time. I bought it in college and um, read it many times. There's lots of exclamation points and dog-eared pages in this book. For many years, I would have said that Dunn was my favorite living poet, and I was able to hear him read a few times, as well as have him be my poetry mentor in the Napa Valley Writers' Workshop which I attended what feels like another lifetime ago. really does feel like a dream. But it was a treat to get to study in person with somebody that I had respected for so many years. The two poems I'm going to read were written many years apart from one another. The first one was written or published in the 70s, and the second one was published almost 40 years later. Both poems are about words that we don't say in love or words that we can't say in love. The first one was written during a first marriage and the raising of children and the second one in a subsequent marriage and after a few decades of perhaps becoming a little jaded. So you might notice a progression between the first and second poem and yet it really interests me that as I said, almost 40 years later, he was writing about the same idea and just tackling it from a different angle. What can we say about love and what should we just be quiet about? The first poem is called, Those of Us Who Think We Know. Those of us who think we know the same secrets are silent together most of the time. For us, there is eloquence in desire. And for a while, when in love and exhausted, it's enough to nod like shy horses and come together in a quiet ceremony of tongues. It's in disappointment we look for words to convince us the spaces between stars are nothing to worry about. It's when those secrets burst in that emptiness between our hearts and the lumps in our throats. And the words we find are always insufficient, like love, though they are often lovely and all we have. The second poem is called The Imagined. The last couple times I heard Dunn read, he read this one, and he mentioned that... um. For the first half of the poem, he sees a lot of scowling women out in the audience. But then about halfway through, 
they start to smile and enjoy the poem as well. Once again, it's called The Imagined. If the imagined woman makes the real woman seem bare-boned, hardly existent, lacking in gracefulness and intellect and pulchritude, and if you come to realize the imagined woman can only satisfy your imagination, whereas the real woman, with all her limitations, can often make you feel good, how, in spite of knowing this, does the imagined woman keep getting into your bedroom and joining you at dinner? Why is it that you always bring her along on vacations when the real woman is shopping or figuring the best way to the museum? And if the real woman has an imagined man, as she must, someone probably with her at this very moment, in fact, doing and saying everything she's ever wanted, would you want to know that he slips into her life every day from a secret doorway she's made for him? That he's present even when you're eating your omelet at breakfast? Or do you prefer how she goes about the house as she does, as if there were just the two of you? Isn't her silence finally loving, and yours not entirely self-serving? Hasn't the time come, once again, not to talk about it? Part of my vision for Take This Poem was to have it be interactive. I imagined it as a virtual bonfire poetry reading, where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. So what would that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. You could send me a voice recording of you reading a poem to be included in a mailbag poetry reading. Commenting on the poem is welcome, but optional. Don't be shy. It's the only voice you got. What better use for it do you have than reading beautiful words out loud? Also, you could request a poem that you'd like to hear me read and ponder on the show. Or tell me what you've been thinking about these days and I could play literary matchmaker and choose a poem for you. And by the way, I am aware that I have a small but loyal following of youngsters out there and these invitations are all open to them as well. Send any of these or other ideas you have to take this poem podcast at gmail.com and join me in sharing good poems with this little community. I hope to hear from you soon.